Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. Plant family, I want to thank you for joining us again for our online campus. For all of our Mawa people, know this. Next Sunday, we will be in the building. It looks gorgeous, and we are at the finish line. For our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us, and we are so excited that you have partnered with us in the kingdom of God. Over the last three weeks, we've been part of a 40 days of prayer and fasting, and we are halfway through. First three weeks are done. Today starts the beginning of the next three weeks. We want to thank all of you who have been praying all of those who have fasted, and we are excited for what God is going to do. Every single Sunday, we give you a trajectory for how we want you to lean into prayer, personally and with your life groups. We have talked about the holiness of God, we've talked about repentance, and we've also talked about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Well, today, here's our trajectory. I want you to look at this day as a day of being equipped to be able to not only know Christ, but the second half, making him known. We are going to talk about evangelism in a way that I believe has really defined who the plant is. And so I want to stop, I want to pray, and I want to jump into this day in a way that you are going to be able to be equipped to know Christ and make him known. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would give me clarity as I equip your church God, I celebrate that it has been a blessing to be part of the plant. I celebrate for how many people in our church have been brought to the plant through friends and neighbors and loved ones. I thank you that you have taught us when we look at scripture that we see how you equipped people, Jesus, to just make you known. And would that be what today is? Equipping people to make you known. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go on a little story journey today. You're going to hear different stories of different people. You're going to see different faces on the screen. And these are people who have come to Christ through the plant ministry. My first person is a friend, and his name is Luke, Luke Nichols. Many of you knew his wife, Christy, who has been part of our church, was part of our church for, for many, many years. And Luke was sick with cancer. He was at the end of his life. And a friend whose name was Jerry from Rotary, matter of fact, Jerry Crean, who comes to the plant, who goes to the plant, and his family comes to the plant. I was asking him about the community of Mawa. I said, is there any persons in this community that we need to be ministering to? And Jerry said, Rob, there's one family, the Nichols family. Luke's 40 years old. He was diagnosed with cancer, and he really has a short time to live. And so what I did was I got a hold of, of Christy, his wife, and I said, my name's Pastor Rob from the plant church. We'd love to meet Luke. So I went to his house, we talked about Jesus, and that day, on that spot, Luke gave his heart to Jesus. It was very interesting. Luke said, I invited everybody over. I had a priest, I had a rabbi. And he goes, and now I have you, and I feel like you were the first person who shared the gospel with me. That day, Luke became a child of God. And for two months, I had the privilege to disciple him into the kingdom of heaven. And for two months, we met regularly where we talked about Jesus. We talked about the Holy Spirit. And today, Luke is in eternity. Now, I want to read a passage to you. 
because I was taught something in this moment. Luke chapter 10, five through 11, it says, whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from house to house. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. So why do I bring up this passage? This is what Jesus did. Jesus equipped his disciples to find people of peace that were receptive to the gospel. He sent them out in twos and he says, hey, go out, heal the sick, deliver the demonic, share the gospel. And anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Jesus taught his disciples to be attentive to individuals who were welcoming to them, who invited them in. And here's what I learned about the Luke Nichols narrative. I remember Christy said to me, she said, Pastor Rob, when you came to our house, our house right before was filled with anxiety, was filled with fear. But the moment you came to our house, it was filled with peace and blessing. And then a few years later, she said, Pastor Rob, did I ever tell you that that peace and that blessing never left? And so what I had learned is that the words of Jesus are true. That when, when people welcome us in his name, his presence stays with them. And so what I want to do is I want to teach you today how to identify the persons of peace. You see, in that narrative that I shared about Luke, you're thinking, well, that was all Pastor Rob. No, no, no. That was Jerry Crean. Jerry Crean was the person of peace who welcomed me, who invited me into his life, and then opened doors for others to hear the gospel as well. Let's look at two biblical examples. First, in Acts 10, 19 through 21. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night the next day, he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. So in this passage, we hear of a man named Cornelius. He was a God-fearing man. He was not a follower of Christ, but he was a God-fearing man. He believed in a heavenly creator, but he never had that intimate relationship with God that was found in Jesus. And so in this dream, Cornelius saw this man, Peter. And so he sent his servants to go find Peter. And so when Peter went to Cornelius' house, Cornelius heard the gospel, responded to the gospel, but this, this is what's unique. Cornelius then opened the door for his household to hear the gospel as well. And his family members and his servants both received the gospel and they were baptized in the gospel. Peter saw a person of peace named Cornelius who opened the door for the gospel to spread. Let me give you another example. 
in Acts 16, 13 through 15. On the Sabbath day, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with other members of her household and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. So here we have another passage. Paul goes to Philippi. And Paul goes to the riverbank where he heard people were praying. They didn't know who they were praying to. They just were praying to God in heaven. And so when Paul showed up, he shared the gospel. And Lydia stepped up and she said, I want you to stay at my house. I want you to teach us, empower us. And if you really believe that the gospel has been penetrated through our lives, stay with us. So Lydia, what she did was she heard the gospel. She received the gospel. And then she opened the door for others to hear the gospel as well. Now, here's what's so powerful about Lydia. Lydia was part of the team that planted the church in Philippi. Think about the book of Philippians. Lydia was part of that. Lydia was a person of peace who was open, receptive, and allowed others to hear the gospel as well. You see, when we identify persons of peace, there's a pattern that we see in both instances. There's four movements. They welcomed them into their lives. They listened to the gospel that they were proclaiming. They responded to the gospel. And then lastly, they served alongside them. I love what Jesus says in, in Matthew 10, 40. He says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. People of God, we have to realize this, that when we go to share the gospel, Jesus is sending us and Jesus is going with us. And I believe that when I look at these scriptures, that there is a pattern. There is a progression that each one of us has to hold on to. And there's three progressions. First, persons of peace welcomes a relationship between you and them. They're open and receptive to you as a follower of Christ. At first, they may not be a follower of Christ, but as they watch you, as they partner with you, as they do life with you, the gospel begins to penetrate their hearts. Second, persons of peace invite you into other relationships they have, such as connecting you with friends and families, loved ones. They want you part of their life. They're gonna connect you with other people. And third, Persons of peace are gatekeepers into other relationships and even other ministry opportunities. You see, that's what I love about Jerry Crean. Jerry Crean has played a huge role in the life of the plant church. Jerry, who's a, who is also a Rotarian, has come alongside me and has pointed out people that needed to be served, whether it be during the hurricanes or in the situation with Luke. They open the door for others to hear the gospel as well. This means that persons of peace, people that God is bringing into our lives, it means they want to get to know us. They're drawn to us, the Christ in us. They see past our sinfulness. 
and our sinful desires because they want to be close to us. They recognize our humanity. I have a friend of mine from high school that, that really is drawn most to Christ when I reveal my weaknesses to him. Why? Because they see that we're human. And what they see in us is that in our humanity, we are leaning on a God who loves us and has called us by name, who is transforming us and shaping us. I want to give you another story. Remember I told you I was going to give you a couple movements of stories? Here you see Kathy and Denise. Now, for many of you at the plant, you know Kathy and you know Denise, and you love them both so much. These are, these are some of my favorite women in the church and in life. I just love these women. Kathy came to Christ later in life, and Denise is Kathy's cousin. Denise watched Kathy before Jesus. She saw Kathy come to Jesus, and as she watched Kathy come to Jesus, she saw a transformational work in Kathy's life. And Denise says, I want to follow the same Jesus that you follow. Kathy shares the gospel with Denise. Denise becomes a follower of Christ. And now Kathy and Denise are in a Bible study together with almost 25 plus women. I remember when COVID was slowing down in the fall and we weren't sure where the numbers really were and their Bible study was meeting at church. I pulled up to the parking lot and there was over 25 women waiting to get into the church. And I said, Kathy, what are you doing? Are you planting a church? And she kind of winked at me and she says, you know, I see how God did a work in Kathy. Denise saw the work of God in Kathy. And now Kathy and Denise partnered together to just share the gospel with other women. And so in this, we see in their Bible study alone, women who are bringing friends and family members who want that same hope that Kathy and Denise possess and that other women in the, in the small group possess as well. It's a pretty amazing story. Denise was the person of peace and Kathy saw that and she shared the gospel. But there's a warning. Not everyone's going to welcome us just like they did Jesus. Not everyone's going to welcome, welcome you just like Luke welcomed me. Not everyone's going to welcome you like Denise welcomed Kathy. We see in Scripture, it says in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. There's a warning. People will reject you. People will push you away. People will not want to be around you. But there will be many who will. And God has said, hey, if they reject you, they're rejecting me. When they accept you, they are, they, are, they are accepting me. So let's talk about this. Let's give this a real title. Persons of Peace Evangelism. Yes, evangelism is sharing the gospel. We're not talking about proselytizing. We're talking about evangelism, sharing the gospel through our lives. But let's be honest. The word evangelism is a frightening word for most Christians. In the past, evangelism was a forced activity that, that churches had to do several times a year. And yes, there are certain evangelism outreaches we do. We do God in the Bar. We, we, we partner with other organizations. But the majority of the evangelism that we push you to do, encourage you to do, equip you to do, is relationship ministry. And so this is how the gospel grows best, through relationships 
rather than strategies. Let me say that again. The gospel grows best through relationships, not strategies. When I became a Christian, at first I wasn't even part of a church. And yet I was sharing my faith all the time because the gospel penetrated my soul, my life so powerful that I couldn't be quiet. Also, evangelism as seen in Acts was accomplished best through people God placed right in front of the disciples. How true that is. God has put people in our lives. He has placed them right in our lives that are saying, hey, share the gospel with me. Persons of Peace Evangelism focuses on bringing the gospel into everyday life, whether it be school, sports, or the neighborhood. It makes evangelism life-giving rather than emotionally taxing. I loved when my kids played sports. Matter of fact, my one son still runs track. I love going to the sporting events. I, I, I love being able to connect with the other parents. I love being able to coach because I always looked at coaching and being a fan as a gospel moment. We have no idea what's gonna happen in the grandstands. We have no idea when, when we're coaching with other parents. We have no idea when we're in our neighborhood at a block party. We have no idea on that, on that snowstorm Saturday where we're all outside plowing our driveways together and conversations just happen. Persons of peace evangelism happens best in relationships. And it also allows for long-term relationships and long-term celebrating the gospel together. And it also helps celebrating the gospel together. I think about Kathy and Denise and how they must celebrate all the time when new women come to their Bible study. And Kathy's like, look what God's doing through us. Not just me, but through us. It's amazing. Let me tell you another story. I love this Sunday. This is so much fun for me, by the way. Let me tell you a story about Kyle and Chris. Many of you have been able to meet Chris and most of you know Kyle. Kyle Stoker and his family have been coming to the plant for some time. Kyle lives in Franklin Lakes. A man comes into Franklin Lakes, moves a house or two down from Kyle, and, and Chris went through a hard time for about three years. He went through a divorce, he has two girls, and he has struggled on this journey of trying to learn to be a single parent. And so in the midst of this, Kyle opened up his heart, opened up his life, opened up his family to Chris and his two daughters. I love this picture that you're able to see right now. They're, they're actually camping. They're actually going down the river, hanging out. Kyle befriended Chris. And as Chris started seeing the Holy Spirit's work in Kyle's life, Chris says, hey, I need some of that. Where did you get that? And Kyle just started sharing the gospel. And then Chris said, hey, can I start coming to church with you? Started coming to church. Next thing you know, Chris gives his life to Jesus. Next thing you know, Kyle and Chris start a, start a men's group. Next thing you know, Chris starts playing in the worship band. Next thing you know, Chris is then sharing his faith with other people. Next thing you know, on a Father's Day, this past Father's Day, during COVID, Kyle and Chris set up this, they called it a Father's Day crawl, where their whole neighborhood partnered together, where every single house, they went to every single house and had a party. And in that, Kyle and Chris gathered other men. And I remember talking to Kyle after that day, hearing the gospel conversations that were going on on Father's Day, even during COVID, even while social distancing. If we want to see the, the gospel grow during a pandemic, this is how the gospel is going to grow. 
We have people in our lives that, that we should be checking in on, that the Holy Spirit's putting on our heart, that we should be reaching out for gospel conversations. To think that we're going to have these big strategies and, and all these big events that, to share the gospel, it's not going to happen. But when we look at the early church, what we are talking about today is exactly what the early church did. They saw that God brought people in their lives and they shared the gospel with them. And so here are five questions to help you identify the persons of peace that God has put in your life. Yes, text this to yourself. Yes, grab a pencil. Yes, I give you permission to press pause. Watch this. First, who are the individual, individuals God repeatedly puts on your heart to pray for? Who are those individuals who God repeatedly puts on your heart to pray for? So here's what I want you to do, online campus. I want you to start typing in the name so other people can see the persons that God repeatedly puts on your heart to pray for. And I want you to put it in. I want to see about 20, 30 names that are being typed in right now because I know God has put people in your life on your heart that you should be praying for. Two, who are the individuals who seem to always show up when you need something or need assistance? Who is that person? I'm the most handy, I'm the most unhandy man in the world. I've confessed that a million times to the plant. I have neighbors who have helped me out. Gospel moments. I've had those things where it's not only me always helping them, but just say, hey, can I help you? Can I help you fix this? Can I help you build that? I'm like, great. Opportunities for conversation. Third, who are the individuals that invite you into their lives, relationships, and celebrations? Who are those people that say, listen, my, my kids are birthday, come on over. Hey, it's my wife's 40th, come on over. Hey, it's a holiday and, and you know what? We don't have anywhere to go, come on over. Who are these people that are, are repeatedly inviting you to their homes and to their celebrations or just to be with? Who are those people? Four, and who are those individuals who are gatekeepers within your community? I can't tell you how many times that whether it be through coaching or rotary that God has put people in my life to be in relationship with that open the door for other relationships. I love that there's this one family from Ramsey that God put in Sue's in my life that we have celebrated Super Bowl together multiple times and we just keep cross-pollinating friends, inviting our friends, they invite their friends. We've even thrown costume parties together, just celebrating Oktoberfest. We've had so much fun together. And then the last question. Over the past, five, past year, who are the individuals who have been most receptive to the gospel? Over this pandemic year, who are those individuals who have been most receptive to the gospel? So if you can't think of anybody, Maybe that's a place of contention for you. Maybe that's a place that you need to start praying into. And what about those people that keep leaning into you? Have you kind of shied away? Have you only pushed them to say, hey, go check out our online campus? Or have you said, hey, God's opening the door. He's opening the door. I need to share the hope that I profess. So I want to give you some next steps. Remember, I, I'm telling you that I'm equipping you today. First, 
after you identify your persons of peace, begin to pray for them. Begin to pray for them. I want you today to identify three individuals. Who are the three individuals who are always put on your heart, who always pop in your mind when you are driving? Who are those individuals when you're gonna throw a family party or a party for your kid or, or wanna do something fun? Who are those individuals who are not followers of Christ that just keep popping up? Identify them. Two, create margin. Be intentional about the relationship. Be intentional. Spend time together. Find common hobbies and interests. Serve together. Serve together. Go, go do something. Go together to the Center for Food Action. Go up to West Milford to the food bank. Go to your local food bank. Go do something together that's productive. That you, get, that you not only are fed inwardly, but you feed others outwardly. Do something together, but you have to create margin. I believe during this pandemic that God has given us a lot of margin for relationships. The question is, are we using that margin in the right manner? Are we spending more time on Netflix? Are we spending more time just, just making it about yourself? Are you spending more time in anxiety and fear? Are you saying, God, you have created a space, you have put people on my heart, that you are creating margin that I can really start spending time with these people because I love them and they love me. Third, introduce these individuals to your friends, family, and plant community. When I turned 40, I told Sue, I said, hey, I, I want to have a party. I want to have a costume party, but I don't want to call it my birthday. I want to call it Oktoberfest. My birthday's in October. For all of you, write this down. Type this in online campus. October 19th is my birthday. Remember that. I said, but I don't want anyone to know it's my birthday. And she said, okay, who do you want to invite? I said, I want to invite some of our friends who we've really partnered with the gospel with. And then I want to invite a bunch of my other friends, people that, that don't know Jesus yet, and I just want to have a blast. And we threw an Oktoberfest for my birthday. One of the greatest birthdays I've ever had. When Sue turned 40, we had a dance party. And we did the same thing. We invited people that we were partnering the gospel with, and she invited all of her other friends, and we just had a massive dance party and just kind of, cross-pollinating our friends. Many of those people have come to church. Many of those people, when they see our plant family and our plant friends, they say, hey, they're my friends too. We want to introduce them to other people. Fourth, look for opportunities to share Christ with them. It's not just about having them over for a picnic. It's not just about having hobbies with them, but God is positioning you properly to be able to have gospel conversations, not to force gospel conversations. Let me say that again, not to force gospel conversations, but when the timing's right and the door opens and it's that one time when they kind of just say, hey, why do you really do what you do? Hey, do you really believe what you've been telling me? Hey, like, what do you, what do you really think about this? That's when God opens the door and you speak the hope that you possess. That's how you do it. Don't force it, don't make it spooky, don't make it weird, just be present. And like we talked about last week, let the empowerment of the Holy Spirit lead you into gospel moments. So in closing, God has put people in our life that we're to share the gospel with. It's who we are. 
We are sons and daughters of God. God has put people in our life to share the gospel with. Two, many are catalysts and gatekeepers within our community for others to come to faith in Jesus. God has put people in our life to partner with us. The thing that I look back on, on really the scenario with Luke Nichols is I thank God for Jerry Crane. I thank God for Jerry. I thank God for how God has partnered Jerry with me to be able to be present in different people's lives. And here's the cool thing, plant family, for all you Mawa, all you Mawaites, if I'm allowed to call you that, when you go into the new building next Sunday and you look at all the lighting, do you know who did that? Jerry Crane, he and his crew. How cool is that? Every time that I'm gonna step into the plant, I'm gonna say, God has put people in my life to partner for gospel movements. And third, person of peace evangelism makes sharing the gospel life-giving. It's life-giving. We get to celebrate each other's friends coming to Jesus. Kyle introduced Chris to multiple guys in church, and now they're celebrating. Kathy introduced Denise to multiple women in the church, and they celebrate together. Plant family, I've wanted to equip you today. God has put persons of peace in your life. And remember this, someone saw you as a person of peace and you were receptive to the gospel. You were someone's person of peace and God now wants to put persons of peace into your life. We're gonna to go to a song of worship and I want you to pray this. God, today in the midst of a world gone wrong, in the midst of a pandemic, I open my life to persons you have already put in my life. Empower me to share the hope I profess. Let's go to a song of worship. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.